Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a socialist talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo, uh, joined here by my co-host, Comrade Dracula. Comrade, what's going on? I remember um, when I when I was a teenager, thinking the Sex Pistols, uh, the band, were pretty awesome. And uh, until I learned it, like they were basically uh, a, a uh, manager produced boy band, but like tapping into punk, right? right. And then like they're all like a fu- bunch of fucking right wingers now. <laughs> so right. when I when I think about a song like "God Save the Queen," it's a fascist regime. I'm like, yeah. And then it's like, oh, this was all just for show. <laughs> like they didn't really give right. a shit. <laughs> they didn't really care. Still a banger of a track, though. Um, yeah, Subversion. Uh, fuck the system. Uh, I've been watching the anime version of Cyberpunk on uh, Netflix. Cyberpunk Edgerunners. I'm a pretty big fan of anime, but I don't just like watch anime just to watch anime. Like, it's got to be like a, about, a, you know, Akira. Amazing. Cowboy Bebop. Fucking amazing. This show. Amazing. Uh, and I know there's been a couple other animes made based on video games, but I've ne- I'm not familiar with them. Um, and this is this is incredible. Um, this was this is actually one of the highest viewed shows Netflix has ever had, and it's caused the people to uh, like like a 600 spike, 600 percent spike in people playing the game too. Which is it's just weird to like play a game a game that's so specific. Like the city is really the character in the game. Right. And you're in it, right? And then watch a show where it's totally different characters, but it's all set in the exact same place, exact same locations. Like they use the, you know, the game itself to draw the animation over, right? So you're like, oh, this all these scenes are taking places in places that I've been in the game. <laughs> and all the sound effects, all the guns, all the cars, all that's exactly the same. All the music is from the game. And the music in the game is amazing, but the songs that they took from the game to put it in the show and the anime are some of the best tracks in it. So it's just like this weird, like, it just feels real. It feels like a real place you've been in that you're watching this, this anime story take place in. And it's like, it, it, there's a weird connection there that I don't think I've ever had with any kind of film or property. You know, mm-hmm. it'd be like it, a, a little bit like, you know, when you live in Chicago and you watch the movie Backdraft, you're like, oh, I've been there. I've been there. I've been there too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but it's, it's different when it's an interactive kind of a thing with a game like that. So I, I've watched it, uh, it's 10 episodes. Each episode's about 20 minutes long, um, but it's very tight, very crisp. The writing's good. A lot of anime suffer from just like really over the top, stupid dialogue, you know, right. or just like people, you know, screaming for no reason. Like there's, there's a very small amount of that. Most of the dialogue is actually very tight and focused and people, uh, characters have distinct motivations. Uh, they care about each other. I like animes where nobody cares about each other. Cause that's also, you know, like, fucks you up inside when you're like why don't you care about each other and you should you want to you know i know you do but then when they actually do or when the protagonist has like an impossible choice to make you know that's always like a great moment right. in any, any anything when the like you know the the choice is forced upon the protagonist no matter what they do it's going to turn out bad but they have to pick one or the other and you're like well, i'm gonna empathize with whatever you do because I, I don't know what i would fucking do in that situation like that's good writing that's good drama right so the show has a lot of that so nice uh, nice do yourself a uh, favor, watch Cyberpunk Edge Runners on Netflix. <laughs> yeah. No, definitely. I uh <laughs> you mentioned Akira just to remind me of another movie that uh was heavily influenced by Akira. I won't mention the movie because it'll kind of spoil part of the movie, but I th- I certainly think it's a movie we'll probably be reviewing at some point, maybe after uh after House of the Dragon ends. Oh nope. <laughs> well okay we'll leave it at vague because i don't want to spoil the any anything for anyone who hasn't seen <laughs> it's it not yet. A spoiler i mean there's no there's like, it, right 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 there's it's, there's one specific shot that's like the money shot and we, right. we, we so, know that shot but 
you know, I mean, Akira was groundbreaking. Akira, like, if you, there's there's videos on YouTube where they break down like the the things they did with you know cell frame animation that had never been done before right. uh, to create senses of motion mm-hmm. in in anime. That Akira did for the first time. They, it's like like the A and B, you know, like where certain things because of the cost of animation, you don't necessarily need to animate something moving in every single frame. Right. And you can create like a different sense of motion by some things being only animated every other frame. But the way they combined the animation where certain things would be, you know, animated on the A frame, but not the B frame um, is still done today. Uh, Into the Spider-Verse did that very well, where you could create like things that would seem like they're moving faster than other things by doing that exact same technique they pioneered in Akira. Hmm. Nice, nice. I didn't know that. That's yeah. I, I always love in- finding out interesting shit like that, or like when I, I remember reading about how uh, the the uh, the animators for Batman the animated series used uh, black canvas to draw or black you know yep. black paper to draw all of because it was uh, their cheaper. <laughs> well, it's cheaper, but it also just gives it just gives everything just that darker hue and just gives it that that heaviness that the uh, yeah you know yeah. It, they don't have to try to artificially create that it's just you're fight almost fighting against the darkness when right. you're creating a hey, creating we, a cell we which need, is all of you animators awesome. need to color in everything black like oh uh, that's that's gonna take years like why right. don't we just start with black and then you know, right well, the right light. it saved them a lot of a lot of money on black uh, black pens i'm well, sure i could have a lot of scenes where bruce wayne goes to the zoo with his <laughs> kids in the middle of the day so let's just um you know. That was actually another thing I read about Nope is that they filmed all, most of the night scenes during the day and they used some revolution. I, I I forget the exact way they did it, but it was some really fascinating uh, bit of technology. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's interesting. That's really the going back to like the, the golden age of Westerns where they would do that it, shit. Exactly. Just- well, that's that's what I thought of because it was like, oh, they use this innovative technology using their, their like the red Ari cameras and then the IMAX cameras they were using and you know, th- this kind of day to night thing. And I was like, well, that's literally how they used to do it. Like you said, like the, like the fucking fifties, they would shoot. Right. They would look like shit day. though. Cause they would have, right. you know, they, but think they, about the night still have like a daytime shadow. Which right. Have. But think about the night scenes in Nope and how incredibly clear they are. And you never think about it. And then you go by. And if you go back and watch it with that in mind, you're like, oh my God, that's why it looks so fucking good because it was shot you know, in this interesting, unique kind of new, you know, old is new again sort of technology. They figured out an interesting way to do it. And I'm sure that, you know, with with the apertures you can get with, with, you know, uh, IMAX, super large 70 millimeter format, you can probably shoot at night and get that much. And not even have to fucking, yeah, barely fucking light it. Right. But you're also shooting a very dark skinned black man at night too. All right. And, and that's like a, you know, a thing. And that that was, that was, I think a lot of the, a lot of consideration was given by Jordan Peele to shooting it that way and coming up with an interesting way to shoot it because yeah, a lot of cinematographers just don't really know how to shoot black people. Like it it sounds weird, but you know what I mean? Like you had to film light skinned and black people at the same time, you know, that can, that can, I mean, I've, they, they I've tend done, to wash I've them out like that. And it's like, you know, it's the, the, the joke is like if you've got, you know, light skinned people and dark skinned people and a night shot, what, what's what's the studio going to want to focus on? Right. Making sure the, the light skin is photographed correctly. And then what else do you get? The other characters are just eyes and teeth. <laughs> that's, right. that's, that's that's sort of the industry cliche or the right. joke and about because bad. they just they they don't light it properly and 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 people with darker skin tend to get washed mm-hmm. out in the image but 
Um, but that's why that movie looks incredible. And you can even see it in like the poster images of, you know, like the one with the, the poster with, uh, man, I really Danny wish Kalu you could have seen at. that in the theater. Cause God damn, that was, I mean, aside from the I, drunk teenagers behind me in the theater, that, that was such an experience to don't watch. Don't miss that about theaters. That's the one thing I don't miss about theaters <laughs> yeah, is obnoxious was... fucking douchebags that you have to sit with. But um, no, I know. I When I was watching, I was like, man, I would have loved to have seen this in IMAX because the IMAX experience probably would have been fucking incredible for just the, the scenes with, with, with the with the the craft uh you know making it it's, making it's it smooth. The, it's the scenes where it's dead silent. Yeah. And you're in a room full of people and nobody's making any noise like chewing popcorn or anything because they're all just like on the edge of their seat, terrified. Uh, and there are some great scenes in that film where, you know, there's, there's no jump scares really in that movie, but when something, no, there, there's one, there's one horrifying scene that wasn't a jump scare, but it was very abrupt and I still can't shake the fucking mental image of it. Uh, right after the, the without sort of, spoiling it, which one was it? The, well, the Star Lasso experience, the scene, the scene, you know, right, oh, the, whole, that, the whole thing, yeah, 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 yeah. That the, the the ending of that scene is is incredibly traumatizing. And I was watching it back, and somebody posted a clip of it on Reddit, and I'm like, man, this is fucking just just incredibly disturbing. Like, still, very lo-fi visuals. It looks like a yeah. bunch of people rolling around in like some sheets, right? Yeah. And that's all they did for it. But it's the sound, and you realize. Like the, the sound of real people screaming for their lives is so much more horrifying than you almost ever get to hear in film. Right. right? And you realize how often people, actors are probably told to like, you know, hold it back. Otherwise it would be too disturbing for most audiences. And then you see this scene and you're like, these people are actually screaming for their lives. And you're like, Oh my God. Like, I yeah, can't, it's, it's like, very it's, traumatic. It's so, it's it's so unsettling. Traumatic. It's very unsettling for sure. But um, like, it's like hearing a baby cry. Like it's dying. You know, <laughs> you're just like, Oh, like, I don't even like babies, but like, if you hear like, no, it's just, it's a primordial scream. thing. It's like, you know, it's an instinctual thing where you're just like, Oh God, like it just, it's one of those things yeah. that affects you. Um, yeah, all right. So, and you know, obviously, next week we'll be back. We'll do some more House of the Dragon coverage for episodes five and six. Yeah. Um, episode God five. Damn. Talk about fu- making bad choices. <laughs> yeah. What a show. What fucking, a fucking just, show. What a, what what a show and what a, what man just what a what a, what a fucking tur- what a ca- what a turn for 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 Kristen Cole. Somebody we I think I thought was like eh, it seems like a nice guy. Just you know, just really fucking I. There, there's so much, and you know, this is obviously our little mini review, but yeah, there's, gonna, there's right. so much that they don't show in this show that leads you to make assumptions, right? Right. There's so many scenes that are that they don't show what really happened, but you're left with the conclusions of, of people who are told about what you didn't see, right? And, and, and therein lies the the tragedy of real life: is people making false assumptions. And then a war happens, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> right. We, we, and st- and again, still, like the beginning of that episode, you know, we think that Damon, uh, spoilers, kills his wife, uh, but we never actually see him do it. It's it's a very interesting. I mean, we you oh know, he did it. He did. oh I know he did. But that's but that's what I he's, love is they never sh- not to have, they never yeah. show him do anything bad. But like it's always the implication is that he's done it. But I wonder, you know, what I mean, like that thing all the way back to the first episode about the whole. Air but, for right, a day. Right, thing. Exactly. You're exactly right, though. Like, the, why don't they show it? It's very because interesting. They, I don't they know. They don't want you to know for sure mm-hmm. about any of these characters. They want to deliberately keep it things, certain things unknown. And that's what's so good about this show is they let you come to your own conclusions because they respect you as an audience. 
the way that you know a show like uh, Lord of the Rings of Power of fucking whatever the fuck doesn't respect its audience to be smart. They right. they're going for the lowest common denominator, and and again, w- people that love this show, House of the Dragon. Uh, right now, that say, "Oh, this is so much better than Game of Thrones." Like, th- this th- is the exactly same the same as Game of Thrones. They're going <laughs> to fucking hate, no matter what way this show ends. They're going to fucking hate it and say, yep. "How did this happen again?" It's like because you're an idiot who wanted a certain outcome <laughs> instead of something that would challenge your perceptions of what drama and tra- tragedy should be. Hamartia. Again, we're going back to Hamartia. <laughs> I can't stress enough, though, for people who don't remember because they haven't watched Game of Thrones in a while because I'm literally watching them concurrently. I Like when I finish House of the Dragon, I'll go back and watch, continue my rewatch of season one of Game of Thrones. They're the same fucking show. Like I, you could you could put these back to back and they'd be like, oh, that's interesting time jump they did in that episode. But it's the same fucking sh- it, it is so beat by beat like this and not like recycle, but like it's just clearly in the same universe with the same storytelling minds behind it it's the same fucking show so it's the same fucking crown it's the same fucking royal family you know it's 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 very relevant there's a reason why people whether you you know like royalty or hate royalty still tune into this fucking shit you know there's (laughs) a reason why there's still a queen or was (laughs) until very recently well the the way there was 500 years ago yeah and and that's obviously the big story for the episode and and we're gonna we're gonna get into it you're gonna you're gonna have to carry this part a little bit because uh much like the queen for the last decade of her life i'm a walking corpse right now from the fucking day i had at work so we will uh we'll, we're gonna talk about queen elizabeth uh dying this week or last week or whenever the hell she fucking kicked the bucket but uh but but her, her the whole big fucking pomp and circumstance you know show fucking funeral was this week uh so that's that certainly was like the big story uh in the news this week and you know i i i didn't watch it i i did see some like you know clips of it on it's just it's just fucking i mean you know the the indignity of that on top of the just the all the stories you heard coming out of the uk where people's you know, non life threatening like surgeries and things like that were canceled, but it wasn't even like non, it was like people's cancer treatments were canceled out of respect for the queen. Like it's just, you know, it's such a fucking goofy thing where they're like, well, the queen, it's just completely ceremonial and she has no power, even though, you know, Oh, that's so not true. So not true. Here's the thing though, is, is I don't think like the queen herself was a bad person. So when we criticize this, it's, it's criticizing the the institution of monarchy. Exactly. I mean, this this is somebody who didn't want to be queen in the first place. And yes, she had wealth and power um, bestowed upon her um, accumulated through hundreds of years of slavery. Uh, but this is somebody who had no control over her personal life, extremely little control over her personal life. And we know that because, um, you know, her, her uncle is the reason she became queen. Her uncle, who was queen or king for less than a year and said, fuck this job. I don't want to be the king. I quit. <laughs> right. Which is and, a very, you know, <laughs> you know, the only way you can have autonomy is to quit. 
right. the, the whole system. And but then once you do, you have you don't get all the power and prestige anymore, which he still kind of wanted. Um, right. Which, Look at the way they treat Harry and his fucking wife, where they they're just completely you know belittling and you know whatever and whatever you want to say about be rich. They're still going to be rich. No, of course. Fine. I mean, they're going to be fine. They'll but have they'll... their Clinton Foundation thing on the side or whatever. Yeah. Well, right. Of course, they're still they're still you know famous white people. They're not. They're they'll be fine. But it's just well, it's just you know that <laughs> one of them's a white person. <laughs> well, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, he's a famous white person. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's just you know it it it. it the the worst thing to me is just the way that the, the the fucking U.S. media predictably and you and politicians in the U.S. predictably responded to to the Queen's death and it, it's just it's just so funny like we we know they're gonna lionize the worst people in the world and I'm not again I'm not saying like oh the Queen's this fucking monster she certainly was the the figurehead of a monstrous fucking uh, entity organization whatever you want to call the monarchy uh, just you know hundreds of years of of fucking centuries of colonialism and slavery and uh the rape of the the, the natural world and and you know it's still fucking occupying uh countries uh that 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 you know they they fucking colonize but uh and it's not even say yeah it's not even about her personally it's just the the, the idea that she was this oh this woman of the people and she was just it just oh just endlessly care it's like she no, didn't live she, in a real she, fucking she world. Really wasn't. Yeah. She really and, did and not the, live in the real world. The sad part is, is, you know, she started out as just a regular girl like anybody. And for, you know, her whole life, she was trained to, you know, not show empathy. It was it was like drilled into her to not care about people um, to the point where, you know, when there was this horrible uh, landslide in this coal town that killed, I don't remember, it was like 100, 120 people died right uh the the the, you know very left-leaning prime minister at the time like the one time they had a left-leaning prime minister like had to pretty much beg her to go there in person you know and and had to explain to her like how much it would mean to people and it was you know she finally did at like six days later and was reportedly one of the only times that she was ever seen crying in public that, huh. that she she allowed herself to shed a tear a, after she was you know very uh, forcefully <laughs> encouraged to, to care just about to be the a people. human being right yeah and it wasn't that she didn't care it was just that she had been trained that like that's just not a thing a queen does queens go to hospitals to talk to the survivors they don't go to talk to you know the 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 victims themselves at the place where a bad thing happened, which is just like such a weird fucking, you know, splitting the hair distinction that like the, you know, the whole institution of the fan, you know, like these people are, you know, they're rich, but they're slaves. They don't have any choice into what they get to do. You know, the, 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 her uncle who abdicated the throne was like, yeah, I want to marry this woman. They're like, no, you can't. Why? Well, cause she got divorced before. So, so fucking what? Who cares? Well, they're, they're very, they're very, yeah, they're very, very big on family values in the, in the royal family, right? Right. Well, which is why they always marry each other. Or other members of the family. That's a, that's a good way to maintain family bizarre. values. And I don't, I don't really fault the people who are trapped in that system for wanting to just jump out of it because that's all you've known from birth. No, I right. It's, I know that's not, that's it, probably the only thing I would say I'd respect out of anyone that was born into that fucked yeah. up family. Is if you like, grew up a normal person it. and marry into it. Like I almost question that more than somebody who was like. <laughs> You just wake up, you're born, you're like, oh, I'm fucking descended from God and, you know, have bad teeth. Okay. 
Um, but the people who who still like look to that and find like reverence and you know just like they, they want to like bestow all their fucking West Wing values onto this this anti democratic monarch system, right? You know, pe- people like fucking Andrew Sullivan who tweeted out. I'm trying to, I don't even know. Is Andrew Sullivan a liberal or conservative? I don't even fucking know anymore. Pretty it's sure he's thing. like a gay conservative. I could be right. I, I don't want to like yeah. besmirch him, but I'm pretty sure he's a gay conservative. I'm pretty I'm sure mistaken. too, but it's basically just, it's all. It, it, right. What's the difference? Like, Scratch a fucking liberal. Yeah, you find it, a fascist. You get re- repeatedly invited on Bill Maher. You're a piece of shit. So, right. Um, and he tweeted this out the uh, last week. I'm trying to write a column and I find myself in tears. I fear that everything she exemplified restraint duty grace reticence persistence are disappearing from this world it's like oh yeah the fucking the kids today don't care about reticence what's what's the world come to <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck is reticence even mean i have no idea who, who i think it's the same as reluctance like i don't understand how it even applies in this situation like it's a what a, what a weird sentence <laughs> I know. So somebody memed it and like took took the, the screenshot of his tweet and yeah, superimposed it over the cup of tea that Bernie's drinking at a CNN debate, <laughs> <laughs> implying that uh, Bernie's drinking his tears. But I don't even know. Um, did, did Bernie say anything about the queen? <laughs> I that? hope not. I hope not. Too. I, 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 that's my favorite move is when you have nothing nice to say as like a as like a famous like oh, yeah. you know, politician. You're just like, just, yeah, I'm just, just going to not comment anything. on it because um, people expect you to make. Oh, we're all saddened to learn of the tragic passing of of uh, the you know the queen yeah. of Queen of England, Queen Elizabeth. Blah blah. blah. So like, shut the fuck up. Nobody it's cares. it's just yeah. It's it's the obligatory. You know, oh, we're all world leaders. It's like, well, yeah, but but some of you yeah, are you're elected. all awful. You're all fucking garbage monster right, like, human it, beings. In the whole in the whole CIA thing, you know about like oh Western democracy, Western democracy. It's like okay, but <laughs> the, the crown right. is not democracy. So from whence does all this fucking not it's just so funny too. From. The most pro-America fuck yeah people you'll imagine were like all like fucking like crying crocodile tears over the queen. It's like this is literally we fought a war to fucking escape, and you're acting like this is some bastion of fucking Western democracy to hold up. We fucking left this country. We left that country. We fucking fought a war to 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 get out of the fucking that of the kingdom. Like that's so I mean, well, yeah. we really fought it to not pay taxes and be able to keep our slaves, but that's you know a whole nother <laughs> but it was, it was yeah, the, and, and surface I mean, people, level though. People think people don't seem to realize they, they think that the you know the king or queen of England is just an honorary title that they have no real power. Um, uh, they're they're fucking wrong. Um, right. So as sovereign, the queen or king is head of the armed forces and head of the Church of England. Right. It, it, it like if if you if you need a better definition of fascism leader of fascism it's the combination of you know the corporate state or the military in the church right so j- just just to you know, expound upon this a bit uh the head of the british armed forces also known as the commander-in-chief of the british armed forces is the supreme command authority of the british armed forces a role vested in the sovereign of the united kingdom that would be the king or queen according to the british constitutional law so this is this is not like a thing that just got forced on to the people this is something that you know the the, the parliament supports and and always has supported right um the authority to issue orders and give commands to military personnel is delegated by the sovereign the king or queen to the prime minister and the secretary of state uh of defense who in turn delegates their authority to career military officers. 
So, so, so it's almost like if the queen like thought that like a war was unjust and, and fought for complete bullshit reasons that she could just say, well, yeah, we're not doing that. I know I've delegated my responsibilities of, of you know, uh, troop movements and, and decisions like that to you. But if she wanted to, she certainly could have been like, yeah, you're not going to Iraq. There's no reason for Britain to be involved <laughs> right. in Iraq. So so one of the biggest fixtures of the, the TV show, The Crown, is, you know, the meetings between the queen and whoever might be the prime minister because the queen's not supposed to have an opinion, let alone make those commands. But obviously in private, absolutely does. <laughs> like course, right. the, 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 the queen in the show, Queen Elizabeth II, who uh, just died, uh, portrayed by several different actresses on the show. Um, you know, when when she asks the prime minister to, to meet with her and she has an opinion, it the prime minister is going to do whatever the queen says. That's just what it is, right. <laughs> you know, and it's very rare that they would be in disagreement. Um, but when it does happen, it's, you know, the prime minister has to do whatever the queen fucking says. Cause the, you know, it's fucking queen. You have to just commander in chief, head of the church, whatever. So, you know, the, the notion again, it's this idea that like they, ha- they have this extreme political power to exert, but still have no power over their own life. That that's that's the weird schism here. Right, right. No, absolutely. It's it's preposterous. Um, so yeah, I mean, we we obviously wanted to talk about, and again, we mentioned that you know, while the queen is not sitting there like making proclamations of like, oh, let's do this. Like you know, it, we there there were plenty of things that that the queen could have stepped in and and made an opinion on to 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 you know reverse the trend and didn't over the course of the yes seven how many fucking seventy something seventy years, years. that's a long yeah, reign I will say long. you know like it was just a couple couple months ago she was still doing public appearances. You know, and, and I remember people kind of joking about it being like, oh, once again, the queen defined everyone's expectations by showing up not dead. <laughs> so. Well, because she would disappear for like months at a time. There was that weird fucking thing where she was where the queen was entering a new phase and people were making like fucking like, you know, caterpillar or like a butterfly fucking like all this. Because re- it, it just preposterous shit they would say where it was clearly like the queen is fucking dying. She's super fucking old and she has failing health. Right. And- what, what, 97 yeah 96 i think 97 96 97 like i mean i i will you know not bad when you have all the money in the world and 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 the best health care the money can buy you know just they're just like you know stealing blood from you know virgin children to street urchins british street urchins speaking of street urchins do you have that clip ready like before we jump into like the yeah i do actually before we jump into the exhausting uh history of the terrible things the monarchy has done uh before and during her reign we should we should have a little little uh breather of humor yeah yeah so let's play this clip uh from uh, from an interview with a uh with a british street urchin (laughs) (coughs) oh hello I didn't see you there. <laughs> Sorry, I was just busy having some tuberculosis. I'm a lovable Victorian urchin, and I'm here to give you some tips about how to survive winter during a cost of living crisis, or as we like to call it, being fucked over by the ruling classes. Inflation means everything's getting more expensive, so why not get a side hustle to earn a bit of extra cash? Maybe you'd like to be a mudlark on the Thames, literally sifting through human sewage and corpses 
just to find a couple of extra shiny pennies. Or perhaps you want to look through the debris of the street, searching for dog shit that you can sell to the tanner. Heating your house costs lots of money, but it doesn't have to. Why not do what we did? Walk the streets for hours to avoid being in the house and having to heat it. Or why not get rid of your house altogether? Becoming a transient on the go can reduce your fuel costs to nothing. You lot today are spoilt with food that's not mouldy, disgusting or rancid. (laughs) Back in my day, we ate what we could get. And that included food full of lice, fleas, shit... Another stuff. Go on, get it down, yeah. It's all protein. <laughs> make your baby formula go further by adding gin to it. Gin will make your baby nice and sleepy. Baby's happy, mum's happy. But maybe it's all getting too much. House is too expensive to heat. Can't find any food and don't the wife nag. In that case, why not go to the workhouse? In the workhouse, you'll be separated from your wife and children, so you won't have to put up with them any longer. And you'll while away the hours picking rope and other laborious tasks that have no real purpose to make you feel bad about the fact that you're poor. <laughs> the word phrased it makes it sound bad, but it's, it's a load of fun. So there you have it. If I could survive Victorian London, you could survive the cost of living crisis. Oh, wait, I didn't survive Victorian London. I died when I was 12. <laughs> oh, I think you're all fucked. Uh, I, I love it's her. It's like That's Lord of the, the Rings. Rings. Somebody falls in next. I thought I was going to start talking. Right. I was like, oh, oh shit. So um, that was a comedian, a Scottish comedian, Eleanor Morton. Uh, and, and I always love hearing her do a, a British accent because it's it's like I imagine it's it's kind of like, you know, when, when me – Midwesterner tries to do a Boston accent, right? A subtle accent. distinction to somebody who's not from either of those regions, but right? Like, but it's definitely a diss. It's definitely yeah, a oh yeah, diss. for sure. <laughs> so see, that just makes me want to watch fucking uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. That was like the Michael Caine accent to a T. Oh, I, I love that that scene from whatever that show was with the two two comedians doing the dueling Michael Caine accent. <laughs> see, you do you know you're not doing it right. So you, you do too nasally. So you have to have to. After what was that from? I, remember, I, I, remember that. I don't remember I just, the name of the show. Yeah, I, I, remember, I know either. the clip. Michael Caine from all the brandy and cigars. His voice is now down here. He talks like this. You didn't have to blow the doors off. She was only 16. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so it, one, one of the weird things is like the name, just, just for con, historical context before we jump into this, is, is how like kings and queens name themselves, right? So they when they get their birth names, they're given like 16 different fucking names, right? I don't even know if you, like a middle, like how many middle names do you need? Right. But right. it's, they're all names of other matriarchs and patriarchs so that if, if they become a queen or king, they're supposed to pick their, you know, official name to pay tribute to a, a prior, you know, king or queen, their namesake. Right. So when, current well former the the most recent dead queen was born she was born elizabeth alexandra mary windsor right and you know no one expected her to be in line to the throne right because sure you know it was her her uncle was going to be the king right so that that doesn't like slip into like another side of the family that often because abdicating the throne is not a thing that happens very often no nobody nobody wants to fucking quit everyone wants to be you know in charge right 
So it's just, you know, she could have when, when she named herself, she got to when she became queen, got to choose which name are you going to be officially known as? She could have gone with Windsor, could have gone with Mary, could have gone with Alexander, but she went with Elizabeth. <clears throat> Namesake, Elizabeth I, a little back uh, story on her. Queen Elizabeth I launched Britain's slave trade. Oh, <laughs> there's something to emulate. Yes. So it wasn't, it, it, she didn't create the company itself, but she financed the shit out of it to make the British Empire what it was. Right. Because back in the 1500s, England was nothing. It wasn't, a, it wasn't, it wasn't anything really. It was a fucking poor, broke ass island. Right. So, some backstory here. The Royal African Company was an English mercantile trading company set up in 1660 by the Royal Stuart family in the city of London. Uh, in this, I'm sorry, city of London merchants to trade along the west coast of Africa. It was led by the Duke of York, who was the brother of King Charles II. And in eight, uh, 1685, York took the throne as James II. The RAC shipped more African slaves to the Americas than any other company in history of the Atlantic slave trade and was owned entirely by the British crown. <laughs> so this is a company that the Royal family created just to, you know, originally it was just to fucking loot the gold from Africa. And then they were like, Hey, we didn't find as much gold as we wanted. Let's loot the people too. Right. Let, let's just, you know, um, so British trading in, uh, in slave um, Africans became established in the 1500s in 15, 15- 62 Captain John Hawkins was the first known Englishman to include enslaved Africans in his cargo. Queen Elizabeth I, who Queen the Second, uh, Elizabeth II, named herself after, approved of the journey, during which he captured 300 Africans. He then sailed across the North Atlantic and exchanged them for hides, ginger, and sugar. Apparently, ginger was a big deal back then, I guess. I don't know. I don't really like it that much. He, uh, yeah, he returned. Yeah, people he, in their fucking tea. He returned to London in 1563. Thirsty for greater profits, he organized another voyage uh, for slaves in 1564, to which Queen Elizabeth contributed one vessel. <laughs> Meanwhile, the African presence in England became established to such an extent that the uh, that attempts were made to limit their numbers. Queen Elizabeth enjoyed the profits of the Atlantic slave trade and employed African entertainers in her court, but she issued a decree to expel Africans from England in July of 1596. Despite this, Africans were to remain a consistent presence in English life. That's like the fucking meme of like the guy with the two buttons. It's like free labor. And then the other button is too many black people around me. It's it's literally like it, it just feels like you're reading the news today. Yeah. Right, it's it's the same fucking shit. Like, oh, we don't want we don't want Muslims coming to Europe from the countries that we bombed. Right, right. like it, it's in it, it, in to all the people that are like, oh, there's black people in Game of Thrones and black people in Lord of the Rings. When did that start? <laughs> when did that fucking wokeness shit infect our <laughs> fantasy? It's like literally, do you do you fucking not know the history of Europe? <laughs> like, do you not know the history of slavery? Did you not know that like some people, you know, that that were black in Europe were not slaves or servants that some of them did accrue wealth and some of them own slaves themselves like this is <laughs> like right. how do you if you're so fascinated with european history how do you not know this shit right i mean that and that was that that kind of weird controversy around that new uh the woman king that movie the woman king the the uh the hell's her name that's in it uh the, the, uh, the, the, yeah 
Yeah, yeah. Because well, Lapita Nyong'o at one point was attached, and she found out like that the tribe that is being spotlighted in that movie also were they themselves involved in trading slaves or something to that effect. So that's why she left the movie because it was right. kind of a weird glossing over of that. And I remember I saw the trailer and I was like, "Holy shit!" It was a movie with with uh, African you know people Africans like and 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 white colonizers trying to enslave them, and white colonizers are clearly. The villain, and then of course, because it's Hollywood, if you read about it oh, a little bit yeah, more, you're like, oh, was, there's always a catch. There's never. There was, I knew from the moment I saw that trailer that this got greenlit because it's going to be a milkshake duck whitewash of like some <laughs> right. other, you know, it's it's like they're going to show this in like you know recruitment seminars for the fucking Pentagon. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh yeah, white supremacy bad, but like you know, we're it's not your father's CIA anymore. You know, like that whole right, shtick, right? Um, right. It's, you know, just all about being a Yas Queen prison guard, right? Right. Um, but but yeah, so so the Queen sucks. What 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 else were we talking about with So uh... yeah, it, it was just, you know, so this is sort of the backstory of the history of the British Empire and British colonialism and you know, the Queen who was in charge at the time that really ramped up global slave trade was the woman that the current well, she's dead now. Again, <laughs> Queen, this she, she this was the one that she wanted to emulate and honor. Right. Right. So so when you say that like, oh well, you know, he wasn't, you know, didn't openly like no, this is Well, I'm sure she didn't and, and again, this is the this is the, the distinction. I talk about this with liberals all the time where they I'm sure she didn't she didn't celebrate her because of the fact that she was a fucking slave trader or because of the fact that that's how she, you know, pro, that's how uh, England prospered during her reign. I'm sure it was for some other bullshit reason, like she was like the first female monarch or something like that. But again, liberals just don't care about they, they are very good at very selectively cherry picking facts about a person to lionize them when they're deep right. down it's, fucking it's all about horrible, personality it, horrible yeah, it's, person for it, their it's, actions it's 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 they want to make celebrities out of everyone right. and, and they compartmentalize this, these horrible things and these horrible acts that they're a part of and responsible for and complicit you know and could have stopped and could have stopped. stopped you know and, and it's just it's just weird to even think that like this is this is just this is within our lifetimes yeah. Right. This is somebody who was the you know the queen for seventy years in our lifetimes, but just just to make you realize how recent you know blatant colonialism is, I want to just read this one little paragraph about uh, Edward the Eighth. He was the, um, the the king who abdicated that basically set her up to uh, eventually be queen twelve years later. And if you, if you think she had a long name, Elizabeth Alexander Mary Windsor, wait till you hear the full name of uh, her uncle, Edward VIII, was born Edward Albert Christian George Andrew Patrick David. Wow. Born 1894, died 1972, uh, was the king of the United Kingdom and the dominions of the British Empire and the emperor of India. From 20 January 1936 until his abdication in December of the same year. You're fucking, you're the king of England and the emperor of India. Yeah, no, totally, nothing weird going on there. That's the, that was the title of her uncle, of the woman who just died as queen. Right. (laughs) And and again, none of these places were willingly given, given their sovereignty back. They all had to fucking scratch and claw for it. And England just, you know, sort of begrudgingly acknowledged that, that these, I mean, there's a reason why when the Queen died, entire fucking soccer stadiums in Ireland erupted in, in you know, applause and fucking there 
videos from bars where people are literally celebrating like their team won the fucking World Cup um, because it's just it's a fucking awful. It, it, you know, we're we're a horrible country like the United States is a horrible fucking country. Almost everything we've ever been a part of on a global scale has been ruinous and destructive and murderous and horrible for anyone who's not uh, American and or, or and white particularly but um we got nothing on england england's been doing this shit since we weren't even a fucking thought in our in you know <laughs> we weren't even a, a, a twinkle in our fucking nation's eye or whatever you want to however you want to phrase it like they've been doing shit like we learn from them like we learn from watching them there's a reason we are the way we are and it's because england is the way that they've always been yeah. So just just to get into some of the details of the worst aspects of the British Empire, uh, I do have uh, a little bit to read here from uh, Amanda Yee, uh, who people may know on Twitter as Radio Free Amanda from LiberationNews.org. Still with me? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Sorry. I sound like you cut out for a second. Uh, and the headline was, um, oh, I don't have the headline here. Okay, anyway, so uh, yeah, I'll just I'll dive into it here. So Queen Elizabeth II, who just died, oversaw the British monarchy from February 6, 1952 until her death on September 8th of this year. During her reign, national liberation and communist movements spread throughout the colonies, demanding independence from British rule. That's another thing. Big, big part of the crown is, is how a lot of the countries to you know, as they were fighting against colonialism and their independence, saw communism as a means of liberation. Um, so I lost my place here. Sorry. Um, uh, demanding independence from British rule, which were often met with brutal repression by occupying forces. Her reign should be remembered as a symbol of the sheer brutality that the British empire unleashed on its subjects and the lengths it will go to, to main, uh, maintain regional dominance. Uh, so first one here, we have the Mal uh, Malayan Emergency from 1948 to 1960. The Malayan Emergency was a guerrilla war between British armed forces and the Malayan National Army. The military wing of the Malayan Communist Party, which began four years before the, Queen, uh, the Queen's reign, continued eight years after she ascended to the throne. The MNLA sought independence from British colonial government and became waging, uh, began waging guerrilla attacks on rubber plantations, police stations, and, I mean, like, what's not to like there, and transportation <laughs> infrastructure networks. On June 18, 1948, in response to these attacks, British authorities declared a state of emergency triggering a 12-year-long war and scorched earth terror campaign in which the British military set fire to the homes and farmland belonging to those suspected of having ties to the MNLA, uh, relocating, that's uh, another Weird way of saying it, but uh, relocating <laughs> an estimated 400,000 to 1 million people into concentration camps called, quote, new villages oh. and, and sprayed crops with Agent Orange, uh, Agent Orange to starve insurgents. Yeah. So basically Vietnam. Yeah. Little, Pretty little, much. little Vietnam that you've probably never even heard of before, because why would we learn about those things here? Um, right. This one's probably a little bit more well-known. The repression of the Mau Mau Rebellion, 1952 to 1960. In 1952, after decades of economic marginalization, dispossession, and violence at the hands of the British regime, a group of Kenyan militants known as the Mau Mau Rebels launched an anti-colonial uprising against the white settlers and African loyalists in their country. The uprising was a response to decades of British colonizers seizing more and more land 
from the Canaan inhabitants and uh, to give to white settlers, forcing locals into low-wage labor on the settler farms. Nationalist organizations such as the Kenyan African Union often appealed to British authorities for land reform and equal political rights to no avail. By October of that year, I am guessing 52, uh, the British moved military reinforcements into Kenya to put down this uprising. They launched a brutal counterinsurgency uh, counter Fuck. <laughs> I can't say that word. <laughs> counter-insurgency campaign and threw over 100,000 uh, Kikiyu, Nero, and Embu Kenyans into detention camps where they were subjected to interrogation, torture, beatings, and sexual abuse. By 1960, according to the Kenyan Human Rights Commission, the British had killed, maimed, or tortured 90,000 Kenyans and detained 160,000 in camps. Though the Mau Mau were defeated, the rebellion played a key role in achieving Kenyan independence in 1963. Today, the Tali and uh, Kip Sigis tribes in Kenya are seeking $200 billion in reparations from the British government as restitution for land theft and colonial crimes. Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to guess they're probably not going to get that money. <laughs> if, I, if I had to make a guess. They'll uh, get the these... some money, but it'll be like a tiny fraction. Right. But, right. And, that, and that's what they do is, the, you know, they'll, they'll go to court and spend 10 times what they're being sued for to eventually pay a tiny fraction of what they could have just paid the people that they abused and murdered and raped and tortured. Right. It's a principle of the thing. If they're ever shown to actually be at fault, then it's, that's way worse than them actually having to fucking pay. Like right. that's the thing. Oh, it doing. opens up the door to more lawsuits. It's like, well then you did more bad things and you should have right. to <laughs> you fucking assholes. Right. It's like, it's like when, when fucking, you know, corporations will spend, 10 times on anti-union, you know, union busting efforts than it would have been to just pay their employees what they were asking for because it's just, it's a, it's pettiness. It's about control. It's about, you know, making sure that you know that you're the one in charge and they'll, they'll spend any amount of money to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just going to be, you know, it's going to be interesting too, to see, I mean, obviously I don't expect things to change right away, but I just wonder how much of the, sort of cracks are going to start to show in, in terms of the British empire. I mean, it's obviously already considerably diminished from its, from its height, but I mean, uh, you wonder how, how things like, you know, Irish reunification will eventually uh, go, if that'll ever actually happen. And if this will, you know, do anything I mean, to speed Star that. Trek predicted it would happen. I were right on track, right, 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 on, right track. on track. <laughs> you've, sure you've seen that meme. Of course. 2024 um, motherfuckers were well, right around the corner. You know, it's, it's, uh, I just wonder if like public, like, again, I don't even know what that would, what would have to happen if they would just have to have a referendum and it would have to pass and like what, or, and what, I don't think it's ever going to happen because it's a symbol and symbols are the things that is the most powerful tool of the western world is is individuals being a symbol of something much larger right and and it's hilarious too because you watch the crowd and it's like they, they don't these people don't live fun lives you know it's not like a bunch of you know rich people going to have an orgies and all this shit like their fucking entire daily life is is planned for them down to the minute and it's right. boring and they have to stand there and shake hands of people they don't care about um and, and like Famously, even like the fucking palace is, you know, they don't heat it well enough to make anyone feel comfortable. Right. So they like, always have to be bundled up like you're fucking you're the queen of England. You can never fucking take your shirt off because it's fucking freezing in the palace. <laughs> so, yeah. And, and, and 
still, you'd think, despite all that hardship that you're going through, you you could have a you know modicum of empathy for the people who you know the the Victorian urchins that can't afford to eat their homes too. You know, um, to be so fair, I, they're, they're they're cold blooded nature. It's it's very you know that's a, right. it's, a, it's a very temperate climate for reptilian fucking. <laughs> So I had a couple more here uh, I wanted to to, to read from this list. Um, Another one was the covert war in Yemen. Yemen, never catching a break from 1962 until 1969. In 1962, after the death of Yemen's King Ahmed, Arab army nationalists with popular support from the people and backed by Nasser's Egyptian army seized power and declared a republic. That was when they they took over the canal. Right. And that was a big deal because like, you know, money. Uh, Marx predicted it, right? Royalists, meanwhile, launched a counterattack to take back power with support from Saudi Arabia, Israel, Jordan, and Britain. Though Britain publicly maintained a policy of non-intervention in Yemen, it was in fact secretly supplying fighter jets to carry out airstrikes on the country, as well as millions of pounds of weapons to royalist forces. That doesn't sound familiar at all. (laughs) Right. (laughs) That doesn't sound at all like what we're doing in Russia or in Ukraine. Airwork Services, a private British defense company, even signed a $26 million contract to provide personnel to train Saudi pilots. So, again, just like, you know, the royal royal family just makes up a company and fucking does war and genocide. It is worth noting that British officials acknowledged the royalists they backed had little chance of winning. The strategy, as then Prime Minister Harold Macmillan told U.S. President John F. Kennedy, was to ensure that the, quote, new Yemeni regime were occupied with their own internal affairs during the next few years, and that the end goal was a weak government in Yemen not able to make trouble. As predicted, the Royalists lost the war to the Republicans in 1969, and by that time, an estimated 200,000 people had been killed. Yeah. So yeah. just like, yeah, we know we're going to lose this, but we're going to destabilize a country and kill, you know, almost a quarter of a million people in the process. So it's a win-win, right? That's about the principle of the thing. I mean, <laughs> in a lot of yeah. cases, you know, to kill a thousand <sighs> people, what's, what's the big deal? Um, yeah. So, you know, fuck the queen uh, to, to, to paraphrase uh, one of our favorite characters of all time from Game of Thrones. God, uh, yeah, they really need to. We were talking about this before. They really need to have like a fucking like a very... Like they they focus so much on the fucking blue bloods of this this family. Like they need to, you know, hopefully bring in some salt of the earth types to the show. Well, and I forget how how early on, I I always thought of Bron as like a later addition to the show, but he's right there in the first season. Like with you know with, where he saves fucking uh, Tyrion from from his uh, his his trip down the moon door. Like he's that's his kind of intro to him. Yeah, you know, I forgot about that too. That he's he's with him all that time. Um, yeah, it, they need it, a character like that second half of the season, I think, for House of the Dragon. They need a, they need more white men on this show. More white no, males. No, they just need somebody this- who's fun, who like, <laughs> who just, who just cracks jokes and thinks every all these royals are a bunch of fucking, you know, stick up their ass, you know, douchebag. Like that, they just need someone who's above it all or who's not, you know, who's not involved in it. At, at some point, like that's what they need, I think but. they do, and, and I think that's going to happen here because I mean, the, the one thing this, that show, that whole series, is always good at is, um, you know, completely shifting gears when you don't expect it. So I, I, you know, it's like the 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 sense of like, oh my god, how could this happen? It's like, how could it not happen? What show are you watching? Right, <laughs> right, 
Right. It, it's yeah, just it's crazy. Um. All right. Well. Uh, well, would we, we have anything else we wanted to mention before we get out of here? Yeah, I had some random headlines I wanted to read real quick, and I don't have anything from the article, so I'm not going to read too much. I had a lot more to read, and I'm just going to skip all of it. But j- just to give you an update about like what the what the general basic news is like, I randomly went to the homepage of Yahoo.com, and sometimes they have good stuff, but a lot of times it's just aggregated from whatever the fucking CIA article. And this was just like the, the top five headlines. From just this afternoon, from Yahoo News, I'm just going to read them in order and, and see if you can like detect a uh, common thread here amongst them. First headline, brutal, fiery Biden blasts Putin's threats over Ukraine. It's like, OK, next one. Taiwan denounces China's peaceful reunification plan. All right. Taiwan, proud of its efforts to help Ukraine, says President Tsai. Next one, Miss Taiwan wins award at Miss Asia Global Pageant despite China's attempts to ban her from the stage. And the last one, Biden says U.S. forces would defend Taiwan in the event of a Chinese invasion. <laughs> so we would, in the event of China invading itself, we would we would then attack China, who's who's invading itself. That's that seems to make sense. It's it, it, I'm not, and I'm not even being flippant. Like that's literally we as a country acknowledge that Taiwan is a part of fucking China. Yet we are saying we will literally invade China if they invade another part of their own country. So if- that's exactly what that means. That's exactly what it it's means. And it's, it's again, it's like, it, what if what if the governor of Michigan sent the National Guard to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan? Right, because there are a bunch of fucking sovereign citizens like taking over one of the fucking you know I mean, one of the islands. Almost completely fucking uninhabited the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. But yeah, it's it's just hilarious. That it's it's like you know. Taiwan good, Ukraine good. Like, well, why are those countries good? Oh, because China and Russia bad. <laughs> That's right. all that matters. It's like, why are those countries bad? Because they don't, you know, like e- even though we we trade goods with both countries, they're still powerful countries that we wish weren't powerful. Yep. So we hate them. Yep. <laughs> and that's our That's, news. Right. That's the news in this country. <laughs> Completely unbiased, completely unfettered by government interference. Just a free press. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I think that pretty much does it for us this week. Yeah. Nice short one today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, come back next week. We'll be reviewing episodes five and six of House of the Dragons, you know, last week's episode. And then next week's time jump episode. So it'll be a fun contrast. Last episode of Millie Alcock and the first episode of uh, Emma Darcy, whatever the fuck her Emma name Darcy. is. The old, yeah. Older. But by the way, I found out she's only six. The, the actress is only six years older than Millie Alcock. Like, did they really did they really need to recast, or could they not have given her a little bit of like aging makeup to fucking just I, have her be the older version? I mean, Alcock just looks really young, right? And she does. She looks supposed younger to be, than she is. It's supposed to be a ten year time jump on the show, so I think that's why they really had to. Like they wanted to go with somebody uh, who looked older to, and she does look. And don't time. get me wrong, she does look like her. I'm just very sad to see her go as an actor because I think she's been. I giving know. I, I am too. But I, I just you know, and like, we're not used to that in Game of Thrones because so many of the characters that started off as like children on that show 
grew up grew to up. be right like the, the right. fucking stars of the show the sansas and the arias and that was so such a weird thing when you know people were like oh aria had sex that's weird she's, she's my like little 25 sister. like what's dude it's, what do you like, want like dude why are you what a weird way to identify with a character that you feel like you have autonomy <laughs> right. over a fictional character is like do you do you fucking talk that way about your real life sisters because that's fucking creepy and gross <laughs> right like, oh, she can't have sex with somebody she wants to because I own her. She's my sister. Right. Like that's, you know, like the, the one consensual sex scene in the whole show is the one they had a problem. <laughs> right. The with. one sweet, nice fucking scene like that. Every every other one's just horrible and like rapey and just miserable. And like that's <sighs> the ones or or just like not rapey, but like duty bound and like, oh, just oh, you gotta fuck the king again. Like it's just uh, the one nice fucking scene on the entire. Well, actually, that's not exactly true. that's that's that so the John and the John the, scene. The, but. The, the one consensual sex scene was the, the scene that they had a problem with tells you exactly the kind of person that this show is not for. <laughs> right. Okay, go watch fucking Lord of the Rings, you fucking mouth breather. And, and 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 again, the other the other scene that was that was that was not problematic was the Johnny Greet uh hot tub like fucking cave scene, but but that also of course ended tragically uh for for, for almost all parties involved. Um yeah. Well, did you read that article? I didn't read the whole article. Did you see the headline for um that uh He's he's fucking he's sad about being a dad now. Who Kate Harrington is? Yeah, yeah. He's got he's got like like father postpartum depression where he's like, I just feel like <laughs> oh, a spectator. Man. Yeah, he's like, I feel like a spectator, like I don't really have a role to play. That's why he's like that's why he's pitching his own fucking spin-off series to HBO. He's like, I got nothing to right. fucking do. Get me out of the house. Like Dude, he literally when, he literally pitched the idea for his miniseries and brought in his own him, writers. I was like, when she told him that if she ever betrayed her, he was going to cut her. Uh, she was going to cut his cock off and wear it around her neck. Like, <laughs> do, do you do you did you forget that kit? Because like it kind of feels like she might be doing that pretty soon. <laughs> <laughs> you don't ever oh, if you're a public figure, you don't ever want to say that you don't feel like you're a participant father. No, no, that's 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 <laughs> like, like that's like, like a, not going to go well. <laughs> <laughs> that's the one you're meeting. Like, wait, 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 can you not print that? Can you please, can, please, just just you know, begging with the fucking interviewer to not print. That. There's a way to phrase that that sounds better. It's like, oh, I'm I'm always there, uh, <laughs> wanting to help out more. Uh, whenever she asks me to, that's the way you phrase that to please your wife. <laughs> I mean, we look, we know, we know he's not a smart man. He was everyone's big dumb son who knows nothing. <laughs> like this, that this is literally his character literally. for a reason. Um, uh, it's the, but only, I, I, the only fucking role he's born to play. I can't wait to see him though again, and it, it, as as Jon Snow. Like, I really hope they do that series right, and that that there's a good story behind it. I, I mean, after watching the first what four or five episodes of the show, like it's it's. They're not going to let it go through if it's not awesome. Like there's something encoded in the show where no matter who works on it, like they, they understand the assignment. Yeah. Right. They're not going to water this shit down. They're going to have stuff that makes you feel uncomfortable and makes you think, and they're going to spill the fucking tea and it's going to be the best show that's on at any given moment when it's on. Yep. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Oh, Hey, also real, just real quick. Uh, I watched the first two episodes of Andor last night. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. First three are out. Uh, I watched two of them last night, and it, it's pretty fucking good. And the best thing about it is that it doesn't feel like Star Wars. You right. don't feel like you're watching <laughs> Star Wars. I forgot that I was watching Star Wars at like at least three different points. It, it's it's really about like the finer details of you know how imperialism operates. Um, you know the way that all all empires are built on insecurity and self doubt. 
of individuals and the the villains so far like you don't even see him interact with any of the you know quote unquote heroes of the show you just see him you know trying to be like a middle manager hall monitor and like nobody really respects him and he's like super fucking aggro about like oh the rules and protocol and everyone's just like whatever dude it's just a fucking job chill out right like people below him and above him are just kind of like like rolling their eyes at how extra (laughs) this guy is uh maybe the most interesting character i don't know the name of the character or the actor that plays him but you know give it a watch it's you know in vain of like um the what was what was fucking uh star Wars the the one that came out with the girl and the guy and the thing rogue one rogue one thank you yeah yeah well yeah, i mean yeah. it's literally yeah cassian andor is it's like the right. or it's like the prequel almost to rogue one sort the of prequel to the prequel and he's right, the prequel years older. <laughs> right yeah no it's good it's it's uh, he's barely in it though like he's in it more as like a young teenage flashback um that they go through but it's also it's also like a really good that this show apparently is also going to do a lot of time much like game much like house of the dragons is like multiple time jumps in in the first season i've I read yeah so yeah. it'll be interesting well it, and it's it's very unlike the boba fett where the flashbacks uh have a, an actual motivation and reason for being there rather than just to jump around and fucking you know, take away from the story. Hey, they got so. like one out of eight episodes, right? With the flashbacks, like the, 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 <laughs> the, the, the one, the I actually really liked the episode with the Tuscans in terms of flashbacks, everything other than that was oh, yeah. that fucking was, awful, that was but that was really interesting episode that actually informed you about the character and broadened the universe and had probably the best action sequence in the whole show. Uh, and then they were just like, all right, we're done with that. We're going to, yeah. we're going to, you know, <laughs> that happened in Mandalorian mode for three. I was going to say, it felt like halfway through. They're like, yeah, this shit's not working. Let's just do Let's just start Mandalorian season three. We had an idea and a for the show and then baby Yoda made a trillion dollars. So right. guess what? We're, we're riding that fuck train now. <laughs> this happens at my job a lot. It's like the, the, the big, the most important customer will be like, Hey, we need a uh, blah, 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 like 10 boxes of this. And we'll just be like, Hey, we're cutting in, we're cutting into the run on this other job to get this job off. Like that's basically what happened. Right. I think with the Mandalorian. Um, well, that's the free market for you. I tell you the, the, uh, the studio that did cyberpunk edge runners, uh, studio trigger they're called is known for only doing, um, one season, for any show they they animate uh-huh. um but everyone's like oh this is this 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 like the highest one of the highest uh reviewed and highest viewed original series from netflix ever so um money talks right <laughs> <laughs> so yeah fingers crossed that's i mean that's the great thing about it is too is that they, they've created such a great property where the only reoccurring character has to be the city itself and they can write any new character into it, whether it's a game or live action. I hope they don't do live action because, God, the live action Cowboy Bebop was so fucking bad. Um, but fucking anime is cheaper anyway. You got to pay animators way less than actors. So right. have at it. Have at it, CD Projekt Red. And, and you know, if they did the video. fucking live action, it would just be in the volume and everything would look like a fucking video game anyway. So it wouldn't matter. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. If you've got the, the computer program to show a simulated 10 mile wide city from any angle and all you have to do is pick an angle and then have somebody, you know, draw a single, uh, you know, background animation cell over it. That's your work's half done already. So right. like keep using it. It's like, like they did the, with the Spider-Man game. It's like you, you rendered a, a you know, 40% size version of New York city. You're not going to redo that for every game. You just keep using it and like throw some different weather environments in there. Right. <laughs> so, right. No, then the city's, it's all foggy or it's on fire or whatever. I forget what the, yeah. It's yeah. Just, 
Well, and the great thing about this game too, and I know other games have done this, but like when you play the Spider-Man games, there's there's no like live action light change. It's like the whole section of the game, it's sunny, or the whole section of the game, it's it's snowy, right? Yeah. Whereas you know, in this, it's it's constantly changing, and you never know what it's going to be. And the light, you can go to the same place over and over, and the light's different every time you go there, and it feels like it's. A different place every time or it looks like a different place every time even if you know it's the same place so well you know the way that they would change in in the spider-man games any and in the batman arkham games although not it never is really daytime in those games it's always night but the way they would change is like when you go in and out of missions so like anytime you go in and out right. of cutscene, they would use that as an excuse to change um you know change the fucking time right well and they keep coming up with uh updated dlcs for for cyberpunk 2077 too where you'll notice things changing like oh now suddenly the weather changes more often you know or or the changes of weather are more subtle where you're like oh it's getting foggy i wonder what the fog is the fog going to turn into a rainstorm or is it going to turn into a fucking dust storm like you don't know um but yeah just talk about the, the the fucking photo mode too in that game just you know Every every maybe 10, 20 minutes or so that I'm playing it, I'll just be like, God, this fucking looks so goddamn good. I'll just, you know, pause it, fuck around with the camera, just I don't know. Virtual photography has kind of been like my new endeavor in photography. <laughs> I, haven't sh- I haven't shot anything in the real world hardly at all. I've just been doing screenshots from a goddamn video game. So But hey, you know, it's fun. New frontiers, yeah. young minds, fresh ideas. <laughs> yeah no absolutely all right well all right that does it for us this week um yeah come back next week for house of the dragon left of the left of the thrones house of the dragon and the week after for whatever fucking nonsense goes on in that period uh you follow us on soundcloud soundcloud.com slash move left uh facebook.com slash move left idiots patreon.com slash move left i am on twitter at move underscore left uh, and i'm on twitter at bike slutty yeah we'll see you next week